0: Knowing where and how to give to God's kingdom can be a challenge for any one person, but all the more so if you're married. Hi, I'm Rob West. It's a beautiful thing when couples agree on how to manage their money, how much to spend and save, but finding agreement on giving is just as important. Today, Bob Dahl shares what he and his wife, Leslie, have learned about it. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, our guest, Bob Dahl, is Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager at Crossmark Global Investments. Bob joins us weekly to talk about the economy and investing, but today he's going to talk about investing in God's kingdom. Bob, great to have you with us.
1: Uh, Great to be here. Looking forward to it.
0: Bob, you and Leslie wrote an article for the Gospel Coalition titled, How to Plan Your Giving as a Married Couple. We'll, of course, put a link to it in today's show notes. I know the two of you have a lot of practical experience in making your giving decisions as a couple, of course, based on God's Word. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes, we do. Thankfully, he's, uh, he's instructed us uh, along the way, and we've learned by doing and making mistakes. Yes. <laughs> that's,
0: that's exactly right. Well, uh, unpack this for us a bit in terms of some of the keys of what you all have learned.
1: So I, I think what we've learned that every Christian either learns or should learn is this is not our money. Yeah, uh, It is God's money. He owns it all. And so after a while, we figure out it's not how much we're going to give, it's how much we're going to keep and the rest we're going to give away. We recognize that we're on this planet for, you know, kind of a nanosecond and we're in eternity for eternity. And therefore, focusing on the long term and God's plan becomes so much easier if we really understand that. Mm. (laughs) I think we've also learned, Rob, the older we get, we can't take it with us. (laughs) You know? That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) John D. Rockefeller's accountant was famously asked, how much did John D. leave? And he famously answered, all of it. <laughs> That's right. And, <laughs> and, and that encourages us to give away as well. And I love all Randy Alcorn has wrote on, on this subject. One that sticks with me is, God prospers us not to raise our standard of living, but our standard of giving. And that uh, speaks volume to us. So they're the general principles that uh, we knew uh, uh, at an earlier age, but I think we really believe and are trying to practice as we get older.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. We need to renew our minds. Those are truths that we can anchor our framework for giving on. But how does that foundation Bob then inform the actual giving decisions
1: you make? So, so it makes us more generous not to wait to get started um, to be um, all encompassing in how we do it. Look, I, you know, the, the article is how to plan your giving as a married couple. It implies we figured it out. This is an ongoing process, Rob. Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, not so much now, although we still have them, but early on, this was a source of a lot of disagreement. Mm. How much, which ones, I mean, let Leslie's propensity is always to really focus on a few causes and organizations that we know intimately. In mine, I've never met a a charity that I didn't think was good. So so they're in line lies a lot of conflict and so we've we've tried to find ways to compromise uh parameters that that help us for for example leslie gives approximately 20 percent away of what we give i give 20 now we have veto power over certain amounts and the other 60 we come to jointly so we've just learned over time how to do that yeah
0: we're going to get more deeply into your system, Bob, that you and Leslie have created, and I know you said it's a work in progress, but I want to come back to one piece that I know is important to you, and that is many folks will wait to do their giving at death in terms of their real meaningful giving, and you all really have prioritized trying to give as much away as possible while you're alive, correct? Correct.
1: Yeah, you know the, the saying: give it away while you know where it's going. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I use the phrase: we'd like for our last check to bounce. Yes. Um, the joy of giving is a whole lot more powerful if you do it while you're breathing than when you're six feet under. You know. Yeah. So, that's exactly so, right. And causes need the money now, Rob. Not yes. not when we die.
0: Yeah, no question about it. So what does it look like to give as a married couple? How can we do that in a way that's productive and with unity, where we can get money connected into God's activity right now, as Bob said. Bob Dahl with us today, Chief Investment Officer at Crossmark Global Investments. Much more on giving as a couple just around the corner. Stay with us. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find
1: a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA.
0: Every day, FaithFi is working to meet people right where they are. Through our national radio program, app, and website, we're helping people put their faith in God and not in money and possessions. And we're encouraging and equipping Christians to have a passionate pursuit for sacrificially living and giving the money entrusted to them. If you believe in and have benefited from FaithFi, would you consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron? Learn more about the FaithFi Patrons membership at faithfi.com and click Give. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. Joining me today, my good friend, Bob Dahl. He's Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager at Crossmark Global Investments. We're talking about an article that he and his wife, Leslie, wrote recently. It was published on the Gospel Coalition's website entitled, How to Plan Your Giving as a Married Couple. What does that look like? What is the process for giving? Obviously, you need to find something that works for you, but I know Bob and Leslie have worked through this and found something that works for them that I think will really be an encouragement to you today. Bob, before the break, you shared that it's something as simple as you directing 20 to the ministries you're passionate about, she directing 20% to hers, and then you do the bulk of it 60% together. That's something that works for you because now you can each have your own ministries and really passions reflected in your giving strategy, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, early on, we tried to agree on everything, and it just took forever and created too much disagreement. And uh, we, uh, I hope, creatively came up with this. And, um, you know, we're educating each other on the 20 we give individually so we both understand it. Um, but it's a, it's a lot more productive when it, when it goes that way. Let's, Leslie knows some ministries intimately that I'll never know intimately and vice versa. And so let's find ways to express that.
0: Yeah. Talk about your giving strategy with regard to the where, because I know you all have developed somewhat of a a pyramid and some processes to think about where your giving ends up. Share that with us.
1: Sure. So we, we give to over 100 causes. Some of them are individual missionaries. Some are big institutions that we we all know about. And uh, we give about 90%, usually ends up being about 95, to faith-based organizations. Uh, We try to seek balances uh, between, for example, evangelism and discipleship, between feeding the poor in spirit and the poor physically. Geography. uh, It's not all to the U.S., uh, most of my giving, because this is where I spend most of my time, is in the U.S. Leslie does a lot of ministry work in the Middle East, so a lot of mm. the money she designates go into the Middle East. And, yes, you m- mentioned the word pyramid. The ones we know best, the ones we're on the boards, we tend to give the most to. Yeah. The ones that we know the least uh, tend to be at the bottom of the period, smaller amounts and far more of them, and then a couple, couple of levels in between, Rob. Yeah,
0: that's really helpful. Bob, how does prayer fit into the process of you and Leslie determining your giving each year?
1: You know, very importantly, and again, we've learned this over time, it used to be, okay, December 31st is coming, if we're going to do what we're supposed to do from a tax standpoint, we better get the checkbook out. And boy, it was a laborious process. As we start earlier, think about it, pray about it individually and together, uh, mm-hmm. that gives us a much easier process as we move forward, Rob. Yeah. Um, we, we try to do a better job. <laughs> I tell people all the time, God gave me two ears and one mouth. I should do a far more listening than speaking. <laughs> and that applies to all kinds of subjects, including the giving process with spouse. Yes. So that's really important. Yes. Um, we 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 try to uh, dig into the organizations, particularly the ones we give the most to, get an update. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, take a look at their financials. Take take a look at their um, website. Take a look at their nine nineties. Who's giving? How much are they giving? And uh, that that helps to inform if we don't know them as well, what it is that uh, God should motivate us to do.
0: Yeah, and that's a really key point. I mean, Bob, you spend uh, most of your work life analyzing, researching companies. You're very strategic about the investments you're making there as a portfolio manager and CIO at Crossmark Global. You try to be kingdom strategic with your giving, don't you?
1: Hear, hear. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just <laughs> remember God gave us a brain yep. and he gave us responsibility. And I like to say, if this were really my money, who, we, who cares where I give it? But it's God's money. Yep. So we have to be very strategic about how we do it, not just emotional. Yes. I mean, we all fall in love with uh, stories yes. and that can be a good starting point. But it's like when I analyze companies, if I love the product, doesn't make it a good stock. Mm. And so you've got to work through, you've got to dig in, you've got to think about it, you've got to pray about it, um, and uh, consider what is it that God's calling us to in the giving process.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. Uh, Some may be asking, where is Leslie today? She was going to join us, but she's off with one of the ministries that she's connected to, which brings us to the point about getting engaged in some of the ministries you're giving to. How is that really important?
1: so important. If Leslie were here, she would really emphasize that. Uh, I I remember a bunch of years ago, she said, you know, I feel like a checkbook. I just write checks. And that started the process to say, we've got to be involved in ministries. Now, there's different stages in life. If somebody's, you know, 32 and they got three kids under the age of four, it's kind of tough to do that sort of thing. But as life Progresses and you find more time getting involved in ministries. Leslie is involved in a ministry in the Middle East. She's there right now, um, work, working in Syria uh, to help with the uh, earthquake relief. Um, so that's a perfect a- example of getting involved, particularly those that are kind of to the top of your giving pyramid. Um, it's not just your check that God wants, He wants our involvement, He wants our lives. And that's another extension of
0: it. Yeah. Bob, I know you've served on and continue to serve on a number of boards of directors. Is that something you consider with regard to your giving, trying to get involved at that level?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, there are so many wonderful causes and so many wonderful boards to serve on. Yeah. And uh, when you're on a board, you, you, you see the thick and the thin. Yeah. You see the good and the not so good in every organization. And that's informative. And you'll hopefully help it along, not just by writing a check, but by your presence and your ideas along the way. So that's one way to get involved uh, in a ministry is to participate on the board. But there are lots of others as well. As well. Volunteer. If this- an organization you love, go volunteer, help them do whatever it is that they do. You'll get to know it better and it'll raise your confidence level. I love that idea.
0: Bob, what about those that are listening today that are saying, well, I'm I'm delighted to hear that you and Leslie are on the same page, but my spouse and I aren't. Uh, I have the giving gift that God has given me. Uh, My spouse doesn't really see that as a priority. How do we reconcile that as a married couple?
1: Yeah, I um, you know I come back to any reconciliation in a marriage, any subject that uh, creates difficulty Sit down, talk about it, pray about it. When you pray, you generally come together. You know, the old triangle, the closer we are to one another in prayer, the closer we become to God, and some of those things will break through. I know that sounds an idealistic answer, but it does work.
0: Yeah, Bob, just about 45 seconds left. The need is now, there's urgency with regard to the gospel going to the ends of the earth. Would you finish by just challenging our audience today about their opportunity? Opportunity to be connected into God's activity through their giving?
1: Sure. I come back to, remember, it's not your money, it's God's money. And you already said it, the time is short, the need is great, and in many cases the cost is high. So getting started for a lot of people is the hardest part. They might get a little here, give a little there, but get on on with it. Decide how much you're going to give away and let it grow over time. Experiment with increasing it, Uh, particularly if you've got a lot of savings, um, which a lot of people do. You don't want to die um, with a a million dollars that the hearse has to carry. It's not going to carry it. (laughs) And if it does, you can't take it with you in the coffin. So start giving it away.
0: Well said. Let's leave it there. Bob, thanks for stopping by my friend. My privilege. That's Bob Dahl. Again, we'll put the link to the article, how to plan your giving as a married couple in today's show notes. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: God has entrusted his finances to you. And we at Faithfy have designed our FaithFi app to help you live, give, owe, and grow with that perspective. Our FaithFi app is the leading biblically-based finance app. You can manage your money, get top biblical financial resources, and interact with a community of like-minded believers, where you can ask questions, get answers, and share what you're learning. Go to faithfi.com and click the word app to get started.
0: We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, it's time to take your calls and questions today. Whatever you're thinking about financially speaking, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Calls are coming in right now at 800-525-7000. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, a quick email that uh, came into us just in the last uh, couple of days to ask Rob at faithfy.com. Uh Genie writes, we renovated our home and have four new appliances. The manufacturer's warranties are all about to expire. Is paying for extended warranties like from a big box store worthwhile? And uh, Jeannie, it's a great question. I would say usually not. Here's the idea. You're better off putting what you'd pay for the warranty into your emergency fund so that if something breaks, you can pay for it yourself. Uh, These warranties tend to be expensive. The fine print often excludes many things you think would be covered. Often you can't use the contractor of your choice. And even then, uh, we find that Consumer Reports indicates most people wish they hadn't purchased it. So although you may be a rare exception on the average, folks typically don't find the value in these extended warranties. So with a relatively new appliance, as long as you... Take care of it. It should last a good while, but in the off chance it doesn't, if you take the same amount, you'd be putting toward that uh, extended warranty. Stick that into your um, savings account, your emergency savings. You'll be ready when something breaks. Jeannie, thanks for writing to us. Uh, This one comes to us from Michael, and he writes, My grandfather gave us uh, $25 savings bonds when we were young. Uh, I have 13 grandkids. Wow, Michael, (laughs) congratulations. Um, What can I do to help my grandkids get started with savings? Savings. And this is a great question. Michael, what I would say to you is first, uh, you've got to define the time horizon on the money. So, if this is money you want available along the way as they grow, and therefore the time horizon may be less than three years, uh, I'd probably just open a high yield savings account and just start systematically uh, dropping that money in. You could use what's called an I bond, an inflation bond at treasurydirect.gov, either in your name. Uh, or as a custodial account. The challenge is if you make it a custodial account, it is automatically going to become their asset at the age of majority, which means based on financial and spiritual maturity, if you decide you want to withhold the money for a period of time, you wouldn't have that choice uh, in a custodial account. It would automatically be there. So option one, perhaps you do something in an an inflation bond, uh, which would be a little better than your typical double E savings bond. You could use just a straight high yield savings account. If you wanted the earmark it for college, you could use a 529 education savings plan, set up one for each of the grandchildren. Or if you want to look a little more long-term, maybe drop it into a uh, a regular brokerage account at Charles Schwab and put it in the Schwab Intelligent portfolios by a series of indexes that are very low cost, very broadly diversified, and just let that money grow over the next decade as these grandkids grow up. But either way, I think a systematic contribution to an account in their name will be a real blessing for them down the road. All right, let's take your uh, calls and questions today. Just a few lines open. We'd love to hear from you. Let's head to Virginia. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for calling. Go right ahead.
1: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, So my question today is, um, can a 529 plan be used to fund um, K-5 through 12th grade private school uh, tuition?
0: It can be up to $10,000 uh, over the life of that 529. So you are limited in what you can put uh, toward K to 12, but you can use it for that purpose. So you certainly uh, could think about at least a portion of what you're saving going toward K to 12. And then the rest of it, if you save beyond that, uh, would have to go to higher education.
1: All right. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for taking my call.
0: All right, Sarah. Thank you for checking in with us today. All the best to you. All right. Let's head to Florida. Robin, I understand you called yesterday. We ran out of time. How can I help you?
1: Hi, good afternoon, Rob. Pleasure speaking with you. Okay. So I have about $145,000 in equity on my home. I don't have a savings account. All I have is a checking account. I am single and I have, I don't have a whole lot of bills. So I was wondering if I can pull out our 10G uh, uh, and put it in an online banking system. You said that uh, uh, online banking is a good way to go. And it's about six and and a quarter percent or something like that interest rate.
0: No, with an online bank the best you're going to do right now for a savings account is about 3 and a, 3.3%. But uh, tell me, Robin, what it is you're looking to do? I got that you have 145,000 in home equity, your bills are low, you have a checking account, but what was your question specifically?
1: I wanted to I wanted to know if it was it's a good idea to pull some equity out and put it in online banking say, Oh, okay. Uh, pull equity 15, out of the house. Yes.
0: Yes. What yes. is the house worth?
1: Um right now in Kissimmee it's about three sixty four
0: hundred. Okay. All right. Uh no, that's not a good idea, Robin, and here's why. I really want you to eventually pay that off completely. Uh so even with uh you know, even if you were to put it in a, a savings account at three point three and your mortgage was, you know, at two seven five, because you have one of the older mortgages, you know, from before a year ago that were really attractive rates. Still not worth it. Even if you took it and invested it and said, Rob, I could invest it and I could probably get six or 8% a year. Yeah, that's true, but you've got to take some risk. The other piece of this is just the financial peace of mind of knowing that you own your home, that you're out of debt, you're unencumbered, you've got flexibility here. If the market takes a nosedive, you know, you don't have to think about that in terms of being able to sell your house and uh, move somewhere else. So I wouldn't think about that equity. As something you can put to work, I would think about that as I want to get out of debt completely over time. And I've already made great progress to that end. You might have $200,000 in equity. Here's the thing, Robin, if you can get this mortgage paid off by the time you retire and it's at zero, uh, think about that largest expense, your mortgage payment coming off the table. And now your monthly need for uh, income is much lower because that biggest expense is gone. So I wouldn't pull that equity out by any means. I'd leave it right there in the house. And in fact. In fact, I really try to pay off the rest of it so you can be debt-free. Thanks for calling, my friend. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and web designers and media producers working each day to produce tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work will would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners, but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the give button to sign up, and we'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans (laughs) to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be, too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you then. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.